There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, what is that? I don't know what that is. Oh, I see. Here it is. Child care. Child care tax credit. And I'm not supposed to be having this press conference. <laughs> Boom! He is dead! He is dead! He's done! Now help you do that in 30 seconds. Uh, on the subject of divisiveness, Dr. Fauci, I'm not going to play it because, frankly, I think it's dangerous. But, but Jesse Waters, who is a Fox News entertainer, was giving a speech to a conservative group where he talked about you and suggested to the crowd that they ambush you with what he said was some kind of rhetorical kill shot. That was his exact word. That's crazy. The guy should be fired on the spot. There's a new commander at the White House, one with big ears and quite a lot of hair. Adorable. The little fluffy fireball personality is the newest member of the Biden family. Oh. <laughs> all righty, all righty. We didn't talk about the new dog last night, did we? We did briefly. It was just breaking, but I don't know that we had the news about Major at that time yet. I think we just saw towards the end of the show. We happened to see it. That's right. So we come across the transom that Biden had adopted a new dog, but we didn't. Have new the doggy is yet. around, and and so uh, Commander is in. Major is out. Major has been disowned by the family and has been deported to another family. <laughs> to another family. And it's interesting because the press loved these dogs so much. Love your dogs. Yeah, live here. Yeah, thanks. Champ's an old one. He's, that's, which one's the old one, President? Oh, my goodness. That's your press corps uh, giving a tongue bath to Joe Biden, saying, I love your dogs. I love your dogs. How come nobody's asking why the old guy's got to go? You, you. By the way, th- listen to this. Listen to this, Alice. This is a um, um, the Biden. Hold on. This I want to see if I have it here. Maybe I don't. Well, the Biden. Um, they did a news wrap on Biden's dogs, and it was all about 
how he had, it was the first adopted, Major was the first adopted dog in the White House. Aww. Yes. And they were touting his adoption. And the Biden administration was bragging about his adoption. He's since now been orphaned by the White House. It's <laughs> He's amazing. been re-adopted to a new it's, family. Right. It's amazing to me that, that nobody's bothering to say something. And I mentioned it this morning you know, in the crossover. And they were like, oh, oh the big kerfuffle about dogs. Like, tongue in cheek. It's like, this is a signifier of something. But them doing this and using the, this, these dogs as accessories. And the fact that the other one was just discarded, yep, that's fine. Man, this, you know, I understand that um, that it, it, just, it just shows that this dude has a cold side to him that could give a, an F, whether it's a dog or a grandchild that he has no interest in. If he finds no value in something, he is not afraid to. And or the, people in Afghanistan. Oh, sure. But the media, of course, been, the media, of course, is, is set on making us think that he's this uh, empathetic person. So they're not going to talk about it, but whew, there are some bad signs, some very <laughs> cold signs. But hey, oh, that's what they wanted. All right, Alice, I have uh, arrived in in Connecticut today. Me, my sons and I, we've got several complaints. Um, I thank the people at the hotel for, you know, it's funny. I've never asked for anything before, ever, like really anything special. But today when I got to the front desk for the hotel, and thank you folks at this hotel, it's great. Uh, I said, do you mind? I just, um, I, can you make sure you put us in a room with a desk? I just, uh, I've just got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh. Seems like a reasonable request. Right. And she said, uh, well, I think all of our room have desks. So I said, okay, it's me and my two sons. So we go into the room where it is, and... There is one bed for three people, <laughs> and there are no desks. So all of the rooms don't have desks. I can tell, certainly tell you that. So hmm. did you inspect more rooms? Or no. How do you know you didn't just get I lucky? I don't know. I don't know. But we, but we didn't because it's a comp room. We're not messing around. But really, Jesus, I'm not asking for much. So I've helped <laughs> myself to a desk and a chair from the hotel from elsewhere, and I will uh, continue that policy. And we'll just see how far this goes. And we have another complaint for you, Alice. Uh-oh. We went down. First of all, there's not there aren't there aren't a lot of streetlights in Connecticut. I can't see anywhere. It's pitch black. We're right now in essentially um, Simsbury. It's pitch black, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm. It's not easy to see. So we're looking for restaurants. We can't find anything at all. There's a huge new uh, shopping center, which is like uh, what's that thing in Linfield, Mass, Alice. Or Assembly Row, it's something like that. But it's yeah. got nothing in it except for one place, which is a Whole Foods. So anyway, we find the first restaurant, the first restaurant we go to, which is a um, little Italian restaurant, looks perfect. They say, sorry, it's the Night of the Seven Fishes, or whatever Italians do during during um, the ta- Christmas time. So there's no room for us. No room at the inn for the Shattuck's. <laughs> then we went to another restaurant, a big, huge bar and grill and there was a 35 minute wait uh there um we said forget it and so we dined at whole foods and i don't want to complain alice do you think that part of it might be staffing because i know i've had this issue at restaurants where i've gone and it seems like restaurants almost empty and they're like we just don't have enough staff it's an hour wait and you're like no no, i'm sure it's i'm sure a lot of that is that 
But, you know, it's like those are the two around here. Now, this rest, this hotel on the mat right now, Alice, there's a whole number of parts to this place you haven't seen. actually has a nice restaurant and a nice pub inside it. Mm. But the pub has been shut down. And Permanently? No, just for COVID or whatever. And restaurants is only open uh, in the morning for breakfast. So, so anyway, so our, the, I was hoping, I was just looking. It's funny because when you look for mediocrity, you can't find it. It's like that old thing in New York used to be whenever you need a cab, you can't find one. Like I, like I was looking for a Longhorn Steakhouse, something like that, just nice and mediocre, and Applebee's, etc. And I couldn't find one. So anyway, we dined at, uh, we got some stuff from Whole Foods where the pizza slices are just four bucks each, and the cream of broccoli soup is six bucks, and the Caesar salad is nine. I hope it was really good then. Yeah, the cream of broccoli soup <laughs> is actually delicious, but this may be a two, a two rounder tonight. We'll see how that goes. And the boys, how did you guys like your, um, guys, how did you like your pizza? Delicious. James says delicious. Anson? Delish. He says delish. I don't know where you get that affectation, but good enough. <laughs> I get you. Uh, so we'll see. Now, the, the, first of all, there's another poll out, a Marist poll, which shows um, Biden is down to 41% with overall uh, job approval rating, which is, which is ter- terrible, obviously. It's terrible. I mean, you can't, other than pardoning the turkeys and, uh, you know, adopting um, Commander, I, I, it's been hard to ring out any good news through the news cycle about the guy. It, there's just mm-hmm. been nothing, nothing good. He's also way down with Hispanics and is only, it, it's starting to look like uh, Hispanic Americans hate this guy <laughs> <laughs> and, and really are, are really turning right towards i mean to be fair i don't know if that's like personal to biden or if uh hispanic voters are just starting to be over the whole democratic party project uh which has increasingly become hostile to anybody who doesn't buy into like radical race ideologies and radical gender ideologies right i think that's true i also think that they felt a little bit excluded during the black lives matter attention (laughs) bonanza and um, and you're right. They're not like these. The uh, activist class are, are do not speak for Hispanics. They don't. Not the people who listen to WTIC, who are working people. Not our friends of ours, Alice, who we know, um, who don't like this craziness. These these guys, like our friend Jimmy's friend Eddie, who is our friend. Eddie is my age. He's around fifty years old. He has had the same, just about, guys, you can't, can't talk, guys, okay? He has had just about the same exact American experience as I had, culturally, certainly. I think they started off, you know, when they first came here on, uh, you know, it, 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 they started off needing some government assistance, I think, whatever. But other than that, culturally, me and Eddie, who's from Puerto Rico, have the exact same cultural experience. We know all the same things, all the same movie, all the same music, all the same this, that, et cetera. There's no difference. And he is a guy who worked, works hard, has been forever, and simply wants to keep his money and does not, and I shouldn't use Eddie, but I'm using Eddie. Or we, there's a caller, a guy who calls, who's, who's a great guy. Definitely named, doesn't want to be called Latinx. No, that's, which, a, that's another thing. Is, is, he wants nothing uh, to do with that. He very hates, widespread among the Hispanic and Latino community. Well, they do not want to be called exactly. Latinx. That they do is, not identify with the term. Right, it's like 90 is, plus percent right, in every I'm, poll. They hate the word and find it offensive. Are you still there? Yes, I was waiting for you to finish my point. 
I didn't realize you were talking. That's okay. Yes, as I was saying, yes, that the the um the activist um class they are all into Latinx stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And just like the activist class for you know the causes of uh, of any group of activists, but they do not represent the uh, typical person. They just they just do not. And the fact that they do, I remember that 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 he used to say um, that there was a, and I remember he used to say that there was a kind of Spanish that they used to call he and his family and friends used to call social worker Spanish Spanish. Because social workers used to always try to almost condescend to them and make sure that they spoke this, you know, spoken Spanish to them when these guys all spoke English, you know, etc. But they could just tell that they were being pandered to and they wanted nothing, nothing, nothing for it Um, and nothing about it. And they just reject all this stuff. You can talk now. Well, I wouldn't want to step on any of your points no I, i'm on so my points in this I'll one. Just be quiet. no all my points in this one are gone you and me talk <laughs> no but i mean i think it's true of like a lot of groups that democrats purport to represent and want to help i mean i think we saw it with the black lives matter stuff in terms of them saying defund the police and then claiming they were being misinterpreted when people said they didn't actually want to defund the police including a lot of minorities that live in communities where they want to make sure there is a police presence so you know, I think that um, that it's a problem that gets at the root of what's wrong with the Democratic Party right now is that they're claiming to represent people that whose interests they're actually opposed to. I mean, you know, you see it with with women, too, like they claim to be the pro woman party, but they're. Uh, destroying women's sports that women fought really hard to get title nine and have equal access to sports in colleges right um they are doing this trans stuff at, you know putting men in women's bathrooms changing rooms locker rooms where it's dangerous for women and children too i mean it's it's incredible and People see through it. They don't like this, you know. So so while I think that obviously Biden's doing a terrible job as president and the poll results are reflecting that, I think there are broader problems with the Democratic Party as a whole that are being reflected in these numbers, too. You know, and you're seeing it like in these gubernatorial results in in Virginia and almost in New Jersey as well, which was really a, a shock result uh, that 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 Republican was even close to winning in New Jersey. It's it's I think that there is a widespread backlash against these policies and against this social agenda. People just don't like it. Right. And I, I, and I agree. I think that people are trying to play this game of life, whether on the left or on the right or in the middle, with a set of fundamental rules in a, some a in a level of order. And I think that they believe that there is a social contract with government to provide the basics. You provide the basics, which is security and not screwing up um, the economy and some other basics. And, you know, ostensibly treating people with a fairness, not not two sets of rules for two separate people. And we'll do the left. Sorry, we'll do the rest. And, and I think generally that people want that generally, and that is 
everybody. That's black, white, Hispanic, men, women, etc. That's almost everybody, except for the radical class that wants to tear down, you know, socialist Democrats who want to tear down the entire fabric and burn it and, and have a, uh, a Marxist revolution. That's a little bit different. They don't. But most people want to play the general American rules. And, and I think that... Well, yeah, because it works pretty well, obviously. Well, yeah. That's why people want to come here. That's why people want right. to live in the United States. Right. That's a great point, Alice, because really... If you look at the reasons why people want to come here, it's those things that Americans, it's those things, it, opportunity to succeed, um, the, uh, the benefits of a free market economy, total freedom, um, it's those things that, the, that foreigners, that hold too. on a second, it's, it's those Sorry, things that ahead. foreigners who are immigrants to the United States, see and say, whoa, look at those things that they have over there. Those are the things we need. Well, those principal things, those principal things are under attack now in this country. And so I think that hits a nerve for a lot of people, regardless of party, saying, no, no, you can't destroy the core principles of this. And just because the people in CNN listen to Ta-Nehisi Coates and listen to all these other mediocre evangelists, uh, you know, race hustlers, etc., and try to normalize it, it isn't it isn't normal, and it gives leaves people bad taste. Well, yeah, and um, you know, not just those things like freedoms and the free market economy that gives people a chance to succeed. We don't have, you know, a a nobility class and a peasant class that it's hard to escape from. You know, you can really remake yourself in America. Those are all things that are true for. Um, people around the world that are a big draw for America, but also just like the social stability and the fabric of the country too, right? You know, we have courts of law, we have standards uh, in trials about innocent until proven guilty and evidentiary rules. And and we have, you know, a, a, for all its flaws, one of the fairest justice systems in the world. We have, um, you know, the the freedom to not be spied on by our state. We don't lock up political dissidents. And and in general, historically, we've had a society where you like don't have to be afraid to walk down the streets mm -hmm. in most places in the country at night, you know, that it, that it's a safe country. And when you call the police or when you call an ambulance, it comes, you know, people want to live in a country where the corner store isn't going to be burned down in a riot. <laughs> Yes, like it, it, but because it's 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 totally destructive to your ability to live the life that you want to live if you have to worry about things like that. And a lot of immigrants, a lot of newer immigrants to the United States come from places where they've lived in a reality like that, where you might have an ethnic group take over and seize your property and burn your neighborhood to the ground like because mm -hmm. they're in a war with your ethnic group. That's like a thing that happens in a lot of parts of the world. And it's generally not a thing that most people want to bring to America when they come here because it sucks. Like <laughs> and people who come from places where stuff like that happens know that it sucks and they don't want it to be here because it's actually a good thing to be able to live in a country where you can get up in the morning and not have to check the news to see if you still have a neighborhood to walk out the door to. You're right. No, completely, completely, and totally agree. Um, and I think also that people say when they see the George Floyd thing, that most people were very upset about the murder in the video, and they say that's not good. And and then they see people in the streets and rioting, and they say that's not good. And then they see um, 
uh, the, the people suggesting that they're going to reimagine policing, and then uh, uh, and then politicians encouraging the destruction. Uh, they're not saying that's not good. They're saying that's not acceptable. That's that we can't live by these rules. This reminds me of home, where everything sucked, like you said. All right, so let's get to some of the absurdities very quickly. Uh, first, the, there's this conference going on in Florida, Texas, the Americana uh, thing. It's like a freedom thing, whatever. It's a Republican That's another thing. TPUSA thing. Okay, so. and uh, Jesse Waters was there, and he was talking to the people, young people, about they can all be little uh, James O'Keefe's too. He was telling them to empower themselves and be citizen journalists, which I, you know most probably half those kids do anyway. But it's not a bad idea, you know, a viral video. And it was kind of, I found it interesting just because he was like giving them interview tips, which as somebody who interviews people on TV, I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, or no doubt. Or I agree. He's a guy who started out by doing man in the street, sort of doorsteppy kind of stuff for Bill, Bill O'Reilly, who was a hardcore, hard-nosed pit bull journalist in the vein of Howie Carr, these guys would go up to people and say the unthinkable to them and ideally get a reaction. So anyway, he told all these kids that they should use their cell phones and go and try to find Fauci. And find Fauci and ask him questions. And and ask him open-ended questions so that he'd have to answer with substance. You need me to open that? Are you good? So that they'd have to answer with, with substance. And... And and so he's teaching them how to do it. Approach him, approach Fauci, and say this and say that. And he said, "Don't eat it in the bed, though. You have to eat it here in a chair." Um, he said, um, "All right. Another good thing you can do is, you know, have a piece of paper in your hand. It can be a fake document or the the proof that you're saying you have on Fauci, whatever, for effect, whatever." And you're right, as you're saying, he was kind of talking them through how you do this when you get to uh, Fauci. And where am I here? And here is Jesse Waters. You wave that in his face for the camera, for flair. And then you read it to him, right? You say, you summarize. You say, it says right here, 2014, 800 grand. This is your agency. Why do you continue to lie, doctor? And you wave it. Now, that time, I mean, this guy's scrambling at this point. You have the goods. You have the goods. Because he's been able to dodge and weave on the ABC and NBC. No one's ever hit him in the face like this. Not even Rand Paul has been able to get in his face and point with the grant in his face. So then he's in trouble. Now you go in for the kill shot. The kill shot with an ambush, deadly. Because he doesn't see it coming. This is when you say, Dr. Fauci, you funded risky research at a sloppy Chinese lab, the same lab that sprung this pandemic on the world. You know why people don't trust you, don't you? Boom! He is dead! He is dead! He's done! Now, how you do that in 30 seconds. That's all you need. 30 seconds. Now you get that footage to us, you get it to Fox, you get it to Human Events, you get it to Breitbart, you get it to Daily Caller, you get it to the Turning Point Pipeline. Imagine Tucker Carlson teases out of the A block, coming up. 
brave college student confronts Lord Fauci at dinner. <clears throat> okay, so there you go. And you heard him telling you how to do it. It's the walkthrough. So there was so CNN because they're CNN had John Berman on. Or John Berman had Fauci on because everybody has Fauci on a thousand times a week. Now it I find this fascinating because you can you can that was kind of an incendiary thing that Jesse Waters said, and you can make several good arguments about this. Like should everybody be intimidating uh, this guy? Should citizen journalists or should people, college students, be, uh, you know, to, to you know, mobilized as reporters? And should these aggressive questions be asked? There's a way to talk about it. It's very, an interesting conversation. What would what would Fauci do if people started asking him questions? Well, yeah, and it's sort of a left-wing tactic, right? This is what sure. the left has been encouraging their people to do all along: get in their faces, don't let them yeah. eat in peace in a restaurant, and like, and so you can make a case that that's like not a positive development for society to tell every college student that you can get them on Tucker Carlson if they go harass Fauci everywhere sure. he goes. So, 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 so I mean, there's like a lot of good points you could make about it, right? But and then. And then there's the absolute <laughs> absurd, really profoundly stupid way, tabloidish way, um, to, hyperbolic way to use the the words, take all context out of them, and use it as a reason to be hysterical and uh, make people uh, scared. And that's what they did. And you know, I'm I'm surprised. I'm I'm just shocked by it because either Berman believes this stuff, in which case his mind is addled, or they have chosen to go for the biggest possible clickbaity thing. In other words, like they did with Trump, take all context out of everything he says, and just on face value use the words, and you string them back together in any way you want, present them to viewers the way you want. I mean, I think that in addition to just like the pure clickbait factor, too, I think that cynically these news organizations have noticed that Fauci's really sensitive and and like that that Fauci having uh, prickly reactions to things uh, also gets clicks and views. Right. And so, like, remember when they went after him with like the Ron DeSantis is selling don't Fauci my Florida stuff and uh you know what's her name in that really long interview she like brought to him stuff like people say about you stuff like i think mm -hmm. they've started to enjoy asking fauci these questions because his reactions are newsworthy uh maybe and i'd like to hope that's it with the <laughs> on the joke but it doesn't sound like it it sounds absolutely and totally uh pathetic here's john berman uh on the subject of divisiveness dr fauci i'm not going to play it because frankly i think it's dangerous but right there <laughs> Frankly, I think it's dangerous. It's too dangerous to air. What he said was so toxic, so horrible. It's such a call to action to for somebody to uh, assassinate you that we can't even. Play. <laughs> I mean that or oh, that pearl clutching stuff. It, that that is a terrible look for CNN. That is a CNN were the people in Baghdad during the first Gulf War, uh, Wolf Blitzer and Peter Arnett who are in the center of the city, who they're only ones who shouldn't have been there while the Americans were shelling it. You mm -hmm. know, that was like badass journalism. And now we're, we're scared. We can't play this. It's too dangerous. Jesse Waters said something very dangerous. It's such a weak-ass look. How do you want to be these people? It's so square and unfun. 
my God, you're making Jesse Waters out to be like the funnest table at the party. Well, these nerds say we are quite offended at what you've just said. As a matter of fact, we won't even play it anymore. Oh. Uh, on the subject of divisiveness, Dr. Fauci, I'm not going to play it because, frankly, I think it's dangerous. But, but Jesse Waters, who is a Fox News entertainer, was giving a speech to a conservative group where he talked about you and suggested to the crowd that they ambush you with what he said was some kind of rhetorical kill shot. That was his exact word. I'm wondering you know, how much that concerns you when you hear language like that about you and your, your well-being. Well-being. Well, John, that's horrible. I mean, that just is... He said rhetorical himself. John Yeah, but he said some kind of rhetorical kill shot, as though it was, like, ambiguous in what he was saying, as though he wasn't providing them with an entire interview script as a part of... Some kind of... Like, he almost had the word supposedly in there just by his tone. Supposedly, some kind of rhetorical kill shot. But he used the exact words kill shot, just to make that clear. The craziness that goes on in society... The only thing that I have ever done throughout these two years is to encourage people to practice good public health practices. That's not true, (laughs) (laughs) among other things. That is not true. To get vaccinated, to be careful in public settings, to wear a mask. And for that, you have some guy out there saying that people should be giving me a kill shot to ambush me. I mean, what kind of craziness is there in society these days? That's awful that he said that. And he's going to go very likely unaccountable. (laughs) I mean, whatever network he's on is not going to do anything for him. I mean, that's crazy. The guy should be fired on the spot. Fired on the spot is Fauci again. Might as well. I mean, he doesn't hold back. And that's another thing that happens now is like like you said, they've got him saying things like, what about January 6th? You know, so he's now... I guess I guess CNN would rather just have him seem like a partisan and on their team than be somebody with any credibility anymore because they just like the teammate and they think that that somehow brings some kind of credible heft. But it it certainly does not. Well, but then at the same time, they're going to turn around and be like, it's such a dangerous environment for journalists. Nobody believes the truth anymore. Why do people not respect us? And, like, they're not going to look in the mirror and look at any of their own coverage. It's like when, uh, what's his name? Was it Gupta who went on Rogan? And he was like, why did CNN lie about me? Why did you lie about me? And he's like, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. We shouldn't have said it. I don't know. Maybe. Like, they, they have zero introspection about the fact that they just are feeding total fictions to their audience and they can't understand why people regard them as partisan and not as a serious Mm -hmm. news network. They can't understand why Trump calls them mean names, you know? Yeah, and I do think that CNN, along with this White House, I think this is a problem. It's this simple, is that they have no conservatives in their circles. They have nobody in their circles who's different. They don't. And that conservatives have that advantage over progressives because conservatives have all sorts of progressive media and conversations in their circles. All you have to do is well, go right. and even to if the you didn't 90s know any in person, on FM radio and hit WBR or whatever your NPR station is, and you've got immediately you've got progressive talking right there all day and night with pretty music and babbling brooks in the background. Well, right. And even if you're not like a news person, which like a lot of people don't really watch or listen to any news. Right. And even if you don't really follow stuff and even if you're only around other conservative people and you've never really thought about it, like all the TV, all the music, all the movies, it's all liberal stuff all the time. Like you can't avoid it. Everything in our culture is culturally liberal. So 
you know, conservatives know all about what liberals think, whether they want to or not, and whether they actually know any liberals or not. Like, we all know all about all your positions. We've heard all your arguments because you cram them into, like, every Disney Channel and Nickelodeon show. Like, we we know all about it. None of it's a surprise to us. None of it's new to us. We're not, like, in a Fox News bubble where we've never heard any liberal positions and we just can't believe it. We've heard both sides. You've only heard one because you don't know any of the actual opinions of the other side. Well, totally, totally. And it would be good in in in, in some of them do it. A few do it. But it would be good if the left started to pretend to be interested, to be intellectually curious about, or journalistically curious about uh, this administration, rather than just simply being a a booster of this administration. There's this great... Oh, yeah, it would be like a good opportunity for them, too, because obviously, you know, Trump made them so hysterical that they could no longer, like, perform their basic normal functions as journalists because they Mm. were just too crazy. But, like, they could now like recenter themselves take stock of the world around them and say like okay now the mean orange person is gone who was scaring me and now i can go back to like being a journalist and i could like try and cover things in a normal way but they like they're like stuck now right exactly exactly so uh, a <laughs> So uh, let's see. Let me get to something else. That's right along those lines, as a matter of fact, but it's a slightly different thing as well. Uh, Hold on. Sorry. I appreciate your... um... Okay. So here's another thing. For instance, sometimes CNN and sometimes these channels do a good job. uh, it, It cannot help. Sometimes the truth is so powerful... That they can't contain it as much as their as much as their producers try to, and as much as they do all the work in the world to make sure that they don't embarrass themselves. Sometimes it's not good enough, and there are a couple of examples of this just recently. This, these are both examples on CNN where the truth broke through, and and it was not a good look. Hold on one second here, Alice. I just need to. It was mm-hmm. not a good look. Hold on, I just gotta go to that folder. I I missed I missed Matt. I missed uh, uh, I mislabeled a bunch of cuts because why wouldn't I? Uh, Matt's sending mascot Evans and okay, there it is. Okay, so so for instance, today on scene and and some things get through that totally go counter to every bit of messaging that goes on in uh, during their news day. Here's Leanna Wen uh, yesterday. Talking about going out to enjoy yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here we go. Make sure that you're wearing a um, a mask, even though it's outdoors. If there are lots of people packed around you, wearing a three ply surgical mask. Don't wear a cloth mask. Cloth masks are little more than facial decorations. There's no place for them in light of Omicron, and so wear a high quality mask, at least a three ply surgical mask. Little more than decorations. That's not what I heard. Right. They're saving lives, Tom. The masks that you that everybody's buying their kids at Old Navy and painstakingly washing and putting on their faces every day, Tom, are saving lives. That's well, isn't that interesting? But oh. by the way, we've had uh, you know Francis Collins, the, the insane as he is, also said the same thing a few months ago. Yeah. 
said the same thing. Because, of course, this is one of the things. Like, come on. Here's another example on CNN. Of Even, the- like, the much-touted Bangladesh study that, like, they all talk about how it showed that masks work. Uh, and it, like, sort of showed a small effect for, like, very vulnerable citizens and only for surgical masks. When you did it for cloth masks, like, the effect was indistinguishable from zero. So that's, like, not not great you know of course of course i mean but but we all know that there's nothing to, doesn't matter so here's the other yeah thing. we all know that a piece of t-shirt fabric doesn't right. stop germs of course you know it's just uh, <laughs> which is why when you go to the theater and if somebody's say, saying here's a deal you're gonna wear your mask you put the popcorn in your mouth chew the popcorn and then put your mask right up and chew more popcorn and then when people say that you just want to say, what, what the f- happened to your brain? What's this thing do? Here's another example, though, uh, of the truth. Some, uh, uh, when CNN pushes what their own, I'm going to forgive me for using this because it's the most popular uh, concept talked about since the podcast revolution began. CNN's own Overton window of what is allowed to be said on their air. They've closed it so tightly that basic and honest truths and true and honest data is being squeezed in so much that it pops right out. As in today, when he had a, John Berman had a public health expert on to talk about the crisis in New York. Remember, Kathy Hochul said, actually, I'll play Biden first, because Joe Biden was the first one who was... uh, Who's running around saying that all hell was breaking loose. So here's Joe Biden today during his COVID talk, which we should get to. And again, to folks who are not vaccinated, you might think you're putting only yourself at risk. But it's your choice. Your choice is not just a choice about you. It affects other people. You're putting other people at risk. Your loved ones, your friends, neighbors, strangers you run into. And your choice can be the difference between life or death. The longer the virus is around, the more likely variants form that may be deadlier than the ones that have come before. By the way, it should be notable. And because this ratcheted slowly, it should be notable that a year ago, had we had the President of the United States blaming the unvaccinated for killing other people when we've had vaccinations and a great many Americans are vaccinated, we would say, no, a president wouldn't do that. You don't go and just blame people for killing other people. You do whatever you can to try to encourage people. But they've, they're have they done with trying to encourage people. So now it's all on you. Let me say again and again and again and again. Please get vaccinated. I'm telling you, Alice, every time he says that, it results in fewer people wanting to get vaccinated. Yeah, especially with like the threats and you're going to have a winter mm-hmm. of illness and death. Like it's just... That's not going to make anyone want to go out and get vaccinated. And even more so, like, I think that these governors, especially and part of this isn't on Biden, but but it's all these Democratic governors. The more restrictions they put back in place on vaccinated people, the more people they lose. I mean, some people are just now at this point 
suffering a mental mm-hmm. break and are going to continue to blame unvaccinated people forever, I think. Right, like, no but, matter but, but, but what indignities right. the state forces on them. But I think there are a lot of people who said to themselves, like, cool, I'll get this shot and then I can stop wearing a mask. I can go back to normal. Things are going to be fine. Yes. And when this you go out and you get vaccinated and you feel that you've made this deal with the state, like, I'm going to get the vaccine and then things are going to go back to normal. And then the state locks you back down and makes mm-hmm. you wear a mask and does all this stuff. Like, I, th- I think you lose those people possibly permanently from yeah. your whole agenda. Yeah. And you said that the people tell themselves that if I just do this, but they were told specifically by government. Mm-hmm. They do this, that they'll be good. And then kids won't have to wear masks at school. And this go away, that goes away. They were told all these things. But, you know, they were t- the same people told them all these things didn't see the breakthrough cases being like this or uh, you know they weren't smart enough to see that so they went back they welched on their deal or they double crossed the people who were in good faith doing this and then they're saying now now again now we'll make you a new deal it's like make us a new deal you just shut down new york again why why and it's because the leaders don't feel good about it like ned lamont one of the things in connecticut he wants he doesn't like things uh, you know people traveling it makes him feel uneasy he says feel because you feel tens and thousands of hundreds of thousands of people's lives have to be affected badly. It, it's crazy. Right. It's the only responsible thing to do. Those who are not vaccinated are causing hospitals to overrun, become overrun again. I just spoke to the governor of New York. Every COVID-19 hospital means someone with a heart attack, cancer, or other serious illness may not get that bed and that life-saving care they need in the hospital. Look, let me give it to you straight again. Omicron is serious, potentially deadly business for unvaccinated people. It's probably, but it may be potentially deadly serious business, but it's not at the moment. Or we don't, it's not seeming like it is at the moment. And there's, it, for him to say, so, so he's trying to say that to guilt people in to getting the vaccination. The idea that this administration has no, no, you know, consideration that other Americans are hearing this and believing it and then being hostile, they're mobilizing Americans to hate other Americans. And they're just doing it because they're trying to scare people to get vaccinated. But other Americans are hearing this and saying, wow, those bastards are overflowing the hospitals, overrunning the hospitals, those pieces of crap. Well, right, and it's an interesting situation because... You know, it's funny. I was just looking up. We were at like close to an average of 200 deaths a day in Massachusetts at the height of the spring 2020 surge. That's like when we had those very serious surges like in the Northeast Mm -hmm. last year. That was really like the most concentrated overrunning of hospitals that we saw was that when we had, you know, nothing in place, any of that stuff. Right now, we're averaging in Massachusetts 29 deaths a day from COVID, which is up a bit from the summer. Like, And you expect because we have our cases have gone up a lot, but we're also in a much different situation in terms of the severity of illness, whether you, you, know, you personally attribute that to vaccines or to Omicron being mild or to the expanded treatment options we have or whatever. Like, We have so many fewer people, even though we have a lot of cases on paper because a lot of people are getting tested you know we we're just not seeing the level of death so if our hospitals are strained and overrun which i believe from like people i hear saying this you know who work in healthcare it's not because we have more death and hospitalizations than we did last year 
It, that's not why. The reason why is because hospitals now, for a variety of reasons, are dealing with, you know, a lot fewer resources, a lot fewer staff. And that is causing there to be less room in hospitals and the hospitals to be overstrained. I mean, for a variety of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. So hospitals cut a bunch of staff last year because when all the elective surgeries and everything were canceled, they lost a huge amount of their revenue. They cut staff. They were firing people last year, right? And then in addition to that, now... You know, we've been offering people all this money to stay home. A lot of people have perhaps permanently left the workforce. It's much harder to find childcare. Childcare is more expensive. You know, women in particular have chosen to stay home much more frequently. And like a lot of healthcare functioning depends on women going to work because like a lot of nurses are mm -hmm. women and a lot of health aides are women and stuff, right? And then in addition to that, now we have these vaccine mandates that are causing people to either quit uh, or to continue to stay out of the workforce or to get fired over, you know, getting the vaccine, which means that these hospitals are even more short staffed than ever. It's incredible what we've done to the healthcare industry and the idea that the government now turns around and is like unvaccinated people are overrunning the hospitals when there's like fewer seriously ill people from COVID than there were last year. No, the problem is that your stupid policies have absolutely decimated the entire healthcare sector. Right. It's insanity. Totally right, which is why today, very silently, subtly, the CDC changes recommendation for quarantining, and it wants to quarantine the people who get Omicron with no symptoms to quarantine for a shorter amount of time because they're afraid that more healthcare workers are going to be whacked out, and I assume more CDC workers, to be honest, um, and FDA workers as well. They don't want them to have to sit in, in the penalty box for 10 days or whatever it is because... I hate to say it, and I know that this is not what certain people in left want to hear, but the Omicron thing is nothing. And it's yeah. a cold or it's nothing so far. That's what we've got. And so the CDC... Yeah, even, they've managed to find one person right. in the country that they think died of Omicron and he had right. underlying health conditions. Right. So, and, so, and so the CDC I mean, is saying, okay, listen, we got to start... <laughs> we can't have everybody go away for this. This is not... There's nothing to this. And so far, there is nothing to this. But okay, along those lines. Speaking it, of which, by the way, supposedly Biden was exposed, like a close contact mm -hmm. to some staffer who was positive for COVID. Um, and first, they were saying like he tested negative. He tested negative for like a couple days. And today, Jen Sanghi, instead of saying he tested negative, she said that he's asymptomatic. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. And she was like, "Well, he hasn't tested positive." And everyone was like, wait. <laughs> wow. I mean, and he was like coughing during his speech today. So it's like questionable. Uh, he has the Omicron. <laughs> he definitely He'll has get over Omicron. It. Who are we kidding? Yeah. My God. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised <laughs> that they're not that they're not saying it, though. Um, so along those lines, John Berman on CNN, once again, along in the spirit of the truth getting punched through sometimes, John Berman had Michael Dowling on, and he runs, I believe, a hospital network out of New York. And he was asked about, because Rabbi had mentioned it, all the overruns in New York, all the COVID cases, are New York is dealing with this, uh, this overflow. So John Berman talks to Michael Dowling about this. Joining me now is Michael Dowling, the president and CEO of Northwell Health, which has an extensive network of 22 hospitals and other health care centers. 22 hospitals in New York, Northwell Health. 22. Here we go. Centers in New York State. Michael, thank you for being with us. What is the current situation in your hospitals? 
Yeah, we're doing very, very well, uh, very manageable. There's no crisis. Um, so let me just give you a little bit of perspective. Uh, we have right now about 460 patients in our hospitals. That's less than 10% of our overall capacity. And this time last year, during the second wave, uh, we had almost a thousand cases this time last year. And compared to where we were back in the first wave, we had 3,500 patients in our hospitals. So when you look at the numbers today, they're relatively modest. And that have been increasing, you know, relatively slowly since, since Thanksgiving. We do expect an increase now over the holidays, but it is all manageable. Um, we will be able to deal with this. And I think it's time for people to get, be a little bit calm, uh, you know, a little bit more rational. And uh, while the positivity rate in the community is increasing dramatically, that does not mean that they automatically convert into hospitalizations. That is not what CNN wanted to hear. <laughs> no, it's definitely <laughs> not. But yeah, it's nice to hear that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's good to hear. And it, that squares with the real numbers that we're seeing. I just checked Massachusetts uh, hospitalization numbers at the height of the spring 2020 surge. We were around 4000 people in the hospital with COVID in mm -hmm. Massachusetts. Today, we're at about 1500. So, you know, like less than half, a third of what we were at peak here. So, you know, we're really not in there even even so much fewer deaths than it was at that time because we're at like 10% of the deaths that we were at peak because it, you know, we have so much better treatments now. This doesn't have to be a death mm -hmm. sentence, even for people who are very vulnerable, which is like the elderly and stuff. So, um, you know, this is this is like time to calm down and you'll see people now, too. This is like what I keep uh, seeing these like activist -y liberals who want us to be super worried about COVID. What they'll say is now they're all worried about long COVID, which I like only. Hey, hey, I know. Um, which I know, like I hear people talk about, like how they're worried about long COVID. But I just like I. I don't know how much I really believe in everyone's long COVID stories. Like, I'm sure it happens here and there, but I just like, I don't quite believe the stories that I'm reading. In the yes, newspaper. long COVID is a new gender dysphoria. But um, in any case, there the the thing you'll hear activists say is that this is a mass disabling event. We can't <laughs> estimate the co the cost. Like even people that supposedly have mild COVID are going to be disabled for life and unable to go back to the workforce. And like we're going to need they're going to need special disability care the rest of their lives because like et cetera et cetera. And how like we're all underestimating the cost because we they, we don't realize how there's going to be millions of disabled people. People now who thought they just had mild COVID, like talk about hysterical, crazy conspiracy theories of the world. Like it's just nuts. I, I, I'm willing to believe some people have some long-term impacts from getting COVID because it can be a very serious illness that can cause long-term impacts. That being said, people who get mild symptoms like a cold are not permanently disabled for life. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't believe in it. Right. I, no, I know. I, I believe in there is long COVID. And I've heard from friends about how awful it is. I don't I don't believe all the cases. Just like you. I don't believe people. People are so full of F, uh, S these days uh, that um, it's just too hard to to believe it, to believe all that many people. 
What else you got, Alice? Or I am done with my punch list here. What pithy small bullet point items do you have uh, to talk about? Well, if anything, uh, Anna Navarro uh, is uh, showing some things on her Twitter that I think would make great Christmas presents for all the people on your list. If you haven't like totally shopped for everyone yet, uh, she's promoting. Um, Gay Guy Candle Company's products, including a really oh, lovely... I love, their, can- I love their products. All of my candles A really are lovely candles. scented candle. I mean, among the Nevertheless She Persisted candle and the Chase in Your Seatbelt candle and the, uh, all their really awesome candles that they have. There's like a Madam Vice President candle. Uh, they have a candle uh, called If You're Not Vaccinated, Get the F Out of My House, which seems like a really lovely gift to give, I think. I love you. <laughs> well, thank you, Cyril. I'm going to buy you a candle uh, that's got a very... <laughs> so, but Anna Navarro likes it, and she says... Oh, my goodness. If, and she says, to go along with it, uh, that she loves this product, and unless you have a legitimate medical reason, if you're not vaccinated, I don't want to see you, talk to you, work with you, socialize with you, or know you. It's enough. Your personal freedom is holding the rest of us hostage. It's selfish and stupid. <sighs> I'm not sure that's true. Was it, was it, was it, was it all the Trumpers? Is it all the Trumpers in South Africa who uh, are holding us back, curating the uh, Omicron virus? Was yeah, that? and in New York, uh, known right. hotspot of unvaccinated people, New York yeah. is. Uh, I, I, I would medicine. consider it a blessing to be uh, even restraining ordered away from Anna Navarro. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Anna. Uh, she used to be a Republican, did she not? <laughs> Technically. Anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter, and uh, if you want to find the candle, you can find that on Twitter also. We are at Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter. We're also at BurnBarrelPodcast.com. You can email us, BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com, uh, Facebook.com slash BurnBarrelPodcast, and anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. C'est la vie. Five. Four, three, two, one. Whoop! Cancel that. Five. Something's not right. Allison. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.